challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to talk to you in this podcast about men and the power of telling stories. As I record this, it's Thanksgiving week, 2017, and I love the power of the story of the pilgrims. I love the power of the story of the Mayflower sailing across the North Atlantic for 66 days in 1620. I love the power of the story of Samoset and Squanto. I love the power of the story of Thanksgiving. And when you think about the power of those images down through the centuries in American history, you think about and you realize perhaps the power of story. And let me tell you very clearly why I want to emphasize this so much. It is because I believe that one of the unique arts of manhood, one of the ways to perpetuate manhood and pass it to the next generation, one of the ways to frame an understanding of what manhood is, is through the power of stories. Now, psychologists are telling us today that story is the easiest way for the brain to absorb information. We have all sorts of studies going on in all sorts of universities, and there, and as brain science is increasing as a as an important study in our in our world, important area of research, they're coming to understand that story uses less energy for the brain to comprehend. That we essentially memorize and retain and relate information in story. Uh, They've even noticed that college students, for example, will take some boring fact that a professor has told in a class, but they'll retell it in light of, I was in class and it was 8.30 and it was cold and the professor was wearing a blue jacket and he told the story. And when he told that, when he told that fact about the zygote, he also told a, a funny joke. In other words, they make it into a story as they relate it. This is the way human beings are. And this is the way it's been all through human history. History. How do you perpetuate a culture? How do you pass on uh, information, values, vision, uh, perhaps punctuate the behavior you want to see uh, in children? H- how do we uh, tell others who we are, what we've experienced, what we value, what we hope to be? We tell stories. And I want to say to you that this is one of the unique gifts of men. I'm not taking that away from women at all, who, of course, are amazing storytellers. But I'm emphasizing it with men because I believe that a manly culture, a masculine culture is often framed best in the telling of stories. Now, when you broaden stories out from just something that's told over the dinner table to a movie, to a book, think about the way you have been impacted as to what manhood is. Think about the way that's been framed in your life. You've either seen someone that perhaps others tell stories about, you have watched a movie, you have read a book, you've had something recounted to you of your great-grandfather's war exploits, perhaps. Um, You have been told about a great person of your ethnicity or your tribe or your family or your nation. 
And those stories, those verbal images frame what you believe is the ideal, frame what you believe um, is, is what you ought to be shooting for. And I believe that most men have the ability, in fact, I don't know of a man who doesn't have the ability, if he decides to use it, to tell stories, to learn stories and to master stories. When, when men are with each other and they want to help each other be better, Telling stories, telling things they've read, telling, recounting the noble and virtuous things that someone has done is a way to shape everybody without being preachy um, and, and, and without forcing anybody to an immediate decision or altar call, you know, or, or some kind of, hey, will you do that? Tell me right now kind of attitude. A story, an inspiring story told among, amongst a bunch of men, a story told quietly in the car while you drive your, uh, your son or your daughter to school, um, a story told at the Thanksgiving table, a story uh, that just lives in our in our society um, or, or, or lives in your family lore, that that power of story. And I got to tell you, it's, it's, a, it's an art I want to urge each of you men to begin to learn to do. And when I say learn it, I don't mean like you have to go to a university class or, or you've got to learn, you know, some specific technique. Everybody knows how to tell a story. I mean, everybody can say to somebody, you know, I went down to the store and they didn't have the kind of toothpaste I needed. And, and the story, the, the, the clerk said so-and-so. I mean, that's a story. We all tell stories all the time. So I'm urging you strongly, first of all, to consider the power of stories, the power of something that you relate to other men, the stories that you relate to yourself, the stories that you tell your children, the stories that you keep alive in the cultures you live in, the business culture, uh, the family culture, uh, the church or temple or synagogue culture, uh, the mosque, whatever it is that whatever cultures you are part of, you can ennoble with the power of story. But of course, what I'm specifically talking about, and let me say quickly that I teach leaders how to tell stories in their company, how to relate heroic tales so that they ennoble that culture. They ennoble uh, the, the hearts and the minds of the people who work with them. Uh, but but I'm most concerned in this podcast with men. I just think what it would mean if every, uh, since this is Thanksgiving week, let me use that as an example. Just think what it would mean if this Thanksgiving, there was a gentle, not weird, not Luxury uh, recounting uh, in your home of how awesome that that first voyage of the Mayflower was, and the and the Pilgrims coming to the New World, and and how what they endured. I mean, it's the kind of thing you can pick up in a couple of articles online. But suppose mom or dad told that story uh, to kids around the Thanksgiving table, or suppose there's a heroic figure in your family past, and Thanksgiving or not, you you tell that story to your kids, and you keep that alive uh, in your home. I got to tell you that that this is what this is what lives in people's hearts much longer. I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of speaking, and in that speaking, I will of course be humorous because I love to play around, and I will relate data and stats, and I will you know tell some personal anecdotes, but I also tell stories. I also recount things that have happened to me uh, in history, uh, noble stories that I know. I'm old enough now to tell you that. 10 years later, if someone sees me at an airport, 
uh, they will say, I'll never forget that speech when you talked about the such and such. And they, and they mention a specific story. I have never had anyone come up to me and say, you know, I remember that statistic you gave us, or I remember, you know, that joke you told that all works for the moment and it's fine. And quite frankly, sometimes I know that the statistic I gave them was more significant in terms of culture or what was happening at the time or what I was trying to get the people to do or, or the fundraising that I was doing at the time. I, I, maybe the statistic that I gave was really more vital, but that's not what people are going to remember long-term. They're going to remember the story and what they're going to hang on to is the way the story makes a deposit in their souls, uh, the way a, the a story changes them. Think about the stories that you heard when you were a little child. Let's just say you had a teacher in, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, tell you the story of Abraham Lincoln and how he read by the fireside and how he would walk five miles to borrow a book and how, and how he, he would, he would, he wrote even in, in charcoal on the, on the shovels and on the walls of his father's cabin as he learned to ride and et cetera, et cetera. What did it do? It, it inspired you with a sense of imagination. It made you admire young Abraham Lincoln, a kid from a dirt floor cabin who became president of the United States and helped rescue us from the devastations of a civil war. I mean, that's that's part of a, probably almost everyone's psyche who's listening to this podcast. And we heard it from teachers. We heard it in a classroom. We might have heard it from our parents. Um, or, or, or think about people from your own tribe, your own ethnicity, uh, your own background. Do, 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 what were you told? I was told things about my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather, Lee, uh, fought in World War II, was temporarily paralyzed in the U.S. assault on Berlin, uh, then went to Asia and was an adjutant to General MacArthur. There are actual pictures of him walking with MacArthur in some of the museums in the Philippines that I've been to. Um, and he was a noble, noble man. In his retirement, he raised Samoids, those great big white huskies with the curly tail that, that you see sometimes. I revered him as a child. But I'll tell you what, I always remembered uh, the fact that he had fought so valiantly for his country, that he had given so much, that he had bled so much, that he that he he, he would tear up when I would ask him uh, what it was like to be in the war. And why did you do it? And why did you sign up? And why did you go? Because he he went into the army as a private and ended up a, a what we call a bird colonel, a, a full colonel. And oh, those stories inflamed my youth. So what I want to urge every man listening to this podcast to do is start to think about the power of stories to craft a culture around you, craft a culture in your home, craft a culture amongst the men and your band of brothers. Remember that a culture is simply what is encouraged to grow. That's really all culture means and the way that we're using the word now. I'm not talking about violins and symphonies and ballet performances, although that certainly is a part of culture. But Culture in this sense simply means what is encouraged to grow. What is being encouraged to grow by the stories that you tell? You know that sometimes men can get together and they can talk smack and tell bad stories about people who aren't there. And when you leave, you know, you might have had a, a good laugh or, or giggle or two, but you're not ennobled. You're not better for the occasion. Uh, you're not you're not inspired. You know, you just you just have a, a laugh over something nasty or something stupid some guy did. And maybe you feel superior, but you're not better for it. But think about the times you've sat with someone and he's told 
told you about a man, told you when a man stood between danger and the innocent, told you when a man uh, defended his family or his wife, told you when a man was going through divorce, but then went and and, and just humbled himself before his wife and got his marriage back, uh, to, to, told you when a man uh, fought for his the, the soul of his son. Uh, you know, we have lots of men's stories in war and against wild animals, and all that's valuable because it teaches courage and it teaches care and compassion and skill. But I also like stories about things that are that are less dramatic, like like I know a man who was was not that great a husband. His wife filed for divorce. They were going through a horrible time, but he fought to win her back. And now they have a happy marriage. Uh, I, I, I know of a man who went through horrible financial trouble, but he fought back. And now he's doing very, very well and his family is thriving. But but he had to fight. He had to pray. He had to he had to humble himself. He had to admit his financial misdealings. He had to get men to help him. He had to he had to work hard. He had to live within a budget. He had to apologize to his wife and children. But now he's, you know, if, if, you, if you want to know technically, he's probably in the upper middle class. And, and But more importantly, he's got a lot of character he's sharing with other people. Um, I, I know about a man who had to take a stand against a boy that his daughter was dating and, and, and the nobility with which he did that. He not only protected the daughter, he also won the heart of the boy. And now they're friends. And even though the, the girl went on to marry somebody else, uh, the boy, who was kind of a biker type, said, man, my life changed when I met him because he dealt with me with compassion, but firmly and told me I was better than the way I was living. That's a man's story right there. That's a man's story. And yeah, I want you to tell hero stories from wars and I want you to tell hero stories from the American frontier and, and so on. But, but I got to tell you, uh, I, I tell stories all the time. I, I, I want you to tell stories about what's going on today. I want you to tell stories about people who, who have done valiant things in your lifetime. Let me tell you about, uh, two stories I tell all the time when there were race riots happening up in Baltimore and police were being shot and, and, and beat up uh, a bunch of African-American males, fathers and uncles and brothers, uh, went out. And, and formed a line in front of the cops, just stood across the street in a big line across. There are pictures of this actually online, stood across uh, in a line in front of the cops, basically saying to their own community, look, we're black. We get your grievance, but you're not going to beat up on the cops. We're here to make sure this doesn't happen. So there's actually a photograph of a bunch of guys in jeans and teachers, T-shirts and jackets and baseball caps, just standing in a line of elder men, really, uh, about 15 feet in front of the cops. Of course, the cops are decked out in SWAT clothing, you know, because that's that's the battle they were in. And that entire neighborhood uh, calmed down, didn't riot. No cops were beaten or had rocks thrown at them that day. And those men went home. And you know what they did? They did it the next day, too. Those, those same men and a bunch of other men came and got, they kind of took shifts and they stood in a line across the street to, just telling the community, you're not, we're not doing this here. This is not who we are. Those are heroes. I love telling that story. I also love telling the story of, of, the, of the woman, the African-American woman who couldn't read, um, who lived in the South and she worked for a, a large white family and she noticed the presence of books in the home of this large white family. And... Um, and she didn't have any books in her home and she couldn't read, but she decided that her nine children were going to grow up in the presence of books and they were going to learn to read. And she, cause she could tell the power of reading in the life of that family she worked for. I think she was the cook or something. This is back in the fifties. 
And uh, so she began to uh, get the get the white family's help. I'm sorry, I don't know the name. I'm just going to call them the white family. Um, she began to get the, her employer's uh, family's help in acquiring books. What books should I have in the home? What books are good? And again, she'd never learned to read. Part of the devastations of our you know lack of civil rights back in that generation. And and so she began to put the right books in the home. And then every Christmas, the, the family would give a box of books to them as Christmas presents. And before long, there were lots of books in the home of this woman. Well, her kids learned to read, of course, because they had educational privileges she didn't have. And she, they read those books and they read all the books in the home and she would get more and more books. And the, the thing that makes it so amazing is all of her kids now are highly educated, very successful professionals. And all of them say that the difference is they had books in their home. And this was done by a mother, now, of course, a great grandmother, who could not read herself. I don't know if she can read to this day or not, but she couldn't read herself. But she put books in the home and changed the culture of her family. Look at the power of that story. Some of you are listening. You can't wait to tell somebody you know. You can't take, wait to tell your wife or your or, or, or your or your kids or, or maybe tell that at, at your business about how you can change a culture just by the presence of things. That's the power of story. And by the way, notice that a story that inspires noble manhood doesn't have to be about a man. I just told a story about a woman. And I'm sitting here inspired right now. I want to go buy more books. So what, what I want you to do is begin to think about the stories you tell. I get jokes. I get smack talk. That's fine. I get you sharing with a bunch of friends a disappointment you had with the city officials or the contractor or whatever. But think about the stories you tell, number one. Number two, get a little better at telling stories. Get a little more intentional about the, about how, what you tell them and how, what you tell and how you tell them. Learn how to make it a little bit of exciting. Learn how to say, guys, I heard a story of the day that, that I just can't stop thinking about. And just tell it over lunch. Just tell it over over the, the golf game or, or, or they're sitting around the barbecue and or the Thanksgiving table or whatever it is. And then and then tell it with intention. Think about what the deposit is from the stories that you're telling. Tell your sons and daughters stories that ennoble them. They can be stories about people in your family line. They can be stories about things you've read. They can be stories about uh, stuff you've heard. I mean, I mean, I've, I've urged this before with men. They literally went on YouTube and just typed in heroic stories. And, and, uh, then they, they, they started watching some YouTubes about historic heroic moments, you know, where a man rescues a baby at a certain situation or helps an older woman or something. Um, and, and, and they say, guess what I saw on YouTube the other day and they'll tell a bunch of people and then they'll discuss it over the meal. And of course, as soon as the meal is over, everybody at that meal goes back to look at YouTube and watch the video. And so it's so easy today because story is the main means of communication in our society. I, here I am, like I say, in Thanksgiving week, 2017, think of the stories that will be told in the movies that everybody watches over the holidays. Think of the family stories that'll be told around Thanksgiving tables. And if you come, of a, come from a family with, with no great stories at all, tell other stories, tell other people's stories, tell stories of your, of your tribe, your ethnicity, your history, tell, tell stories stories from the country. Uh, tell a story from a movie. I mean, there are all kinds of stories. And um, I, I'm an historian, so I love telling this Thanksgiving story. At some point this week, my adult children, Jonathan's 31, Elizabeth's 27, they're going to hear me recount the Thanksgiving story 
in some way. In fact, they'll probably be waiting for it at Thanksgiving dinner because I've been doing it since they were born. And it, it does change them. It does change the way they 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 think about the society. They're going to hear about five kernels of corn on the plates of people in New England who will remember the starving time at Plymouth. And they're going to hear about uh, the, the Mayflower Compact that says we sailed for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. They're going to hear about that. It may only take me 45 seconds. That may be all the attention I have from them if they're feeling rowdy, but it's going to be a deposit in their life. So men tell stories, learn stories, read stories, ask the older ones to tell you the best ennobling heroic stories they know, become a purveyor, become a communicator of stories to the young in your home to the men around you. This is how men communicate culture. People have been sitting around, men have been sitting around fireplaces, sitting in the DFAC, sitting in barracks, sitting in teepees, sitting in tents, sitting on mountainsides for centuries, perpetuating the values of a noble manly culture by telling stories. Get good at it. You can, and it will create a noble culture of manhood around you. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.